Good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here and uh, certainly we'll be talking and we have an interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we'll have a look at our Harvard Business Review tip or a couple of them. One of them is manage your emotions by focusing on your values. We can sometimes get very emotional, can't we, at work? We're also talking with Christina and we're going to go through the process of prototyping. But right now we're going to have a chat with Paul Godden from Business Video for Profit. We're going to talk to him about the power of video. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Julian, and all the listeners. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And and, and now you've spent over a decade video recording large events and workshops for many Australian top marketers. And, And it's interesting that less than half the small businesses or medium businesses have an online presence. Why do you think they should have one? Uh, great question, and the answer to that is that online is not only the future for businesses, it's the present or now. You know, it's, it's not, you know, a lot of people go, oh, you know, it's the future, it'll be online. No, it's happening right now. But look, uh, as I'm sure, you know, that you're aware and, and listeners, today in Australia, less than half of small to medium enterprises have a website. Mm. And for those that do have a website, the majority of them are effectively just what, what we call a business card online. Okay. That is, you know, they, they look pretty but they're just passive. Uh, they don't encourage visitors to stay or engage with the website, and, and that's where video is very powerful to engage viewers. Um, for example, today, just uh, yeah, some statistics for you, uh, 70% of online traffic is video-based, and it's only predicted to grow as the main communication medium, and 90% uh, for people who are sort of going, okay, so what's the value for me you know, as a business? 90% of website visitors who viewed a video found it useful in making a purchasing decision. Look, yeah, I could go on, on with a lot of statistics, but you know, just go and Google it and look, you know, video, the power of video for business or a phrase like that, and you'll just see some amazing statistics of how powerful video can be and combined with a, an effective website. So, so with this very effective tool, what do you think stops businesses from using video or, or social media or even having a website? First up, I think most of us, as you're aware, you know, we start business as a technician, not as a manager or a marketer, and so we tend to stay with what we know and we're just busy with our day-to-day operations. Second, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there and, and it's confusing, so we don't know where to start or who to trust with the right information for them, you know, and that, that isn't just some sales pitch to try and sell sell you something, you know, it's just constantly out there. And the third thing is there, I think there's a fear for all of us, of putting ourselves out there, you know, maybe of making a mistake, and particularly of being seen and judged, you know, uh, as a and as a business owner, where we think we have to be Hollywood movie stars or, or whatever, because that's the perception, and it's not true. People want authentic, you know, they want to be able to connect. So, so obviously, you know, obviously, time is one of the issues. Another one is this confusion. Yep. What can businesses do about the confusion uh, if they don't know what to do or where do they start? All right. Well, look, I think what they need to do is recognise that these days in business, we're in the age of what's called relationships. That is, people are looking to do business with businesses that have developed a relationship. You know, so whether that relationship is with the owner or with the employees. And, uh, you know, and if we as customers get treated uh, as individuals and as humans and that, you know, our needs are important and we feel a loyalty to that business. So it's, it's what video does so powerfully is creates that relationship. And, and so for a business owner, I think they really need to get there and look at 
initially what they need to do is, is get capture uh, customers and prospects uh, details, contact details, and they have a list so that they actually communicate with them. They need to start and, and just pick the one thing. Really, probably the big question to ask is, you know, where do my customers hang out or my prospective customers? And another great question to ask is, who has my customer before me? So, for example, you know, um, it, it, it could be, uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of an example. Uh, you know, if you, oh, do you have an example of, you know, who has your customer before you? Yeah, so, you know, it could be that uh, for, you know, say, a butcher or whatever, you know, a customer would be uh, a hairdresser has okay. customers who go to the hairdresser or the beauty salon. And so the butcher can offer something to the hairdresser that in exchange. And so they actually get the customers and vice versa. So they can do a mutual exchange. But it's really about, you know, just finding out, you know, how, you know, what with that confusion is what will work for you. And it's also finding out who can you trust to get good information. And so, you know, there's people out there and you have to really go with your gut instinct. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, think, yeah. so uh, you know, uh, busy people, people are busy, obviously, business owners are very busy, uh, and there's so much out there, as you say, video, social media. How would we know which is the best online tool to use? All right. Uh, as I've just mentioned, as to which social media to use, for example, or which tool, business owners need to ask themselves where do their customers and prospective customers hang out. Now, just to give you some examples, uh, you know, a business coach, for example, Customers, I'd be recommending they look at LinkedIn as mm. as the as the tool for their. You know, if you're hair and beauty, I'd be suggesting Facebook because that's you know somewhere where your customers would be hanging out. For people in fashion, design, or jewelry trade, Instagram is very powerful, having uh, images and and both video and, and images on there. So it's it's fabulous for anything that has uh, some sort of product or, or fashion thing. And as to how video helps businesses, well, YouTube, apart from the connecting with customers, YouTube's the second biggest search engine and is owned by Google. So videos on YouTube and then, say, put on a website or, or posted with links are very powerful with search engine optimization, which ranks websites higher in the search engines. And that's what you want. The reason you want higher rankings, of course, is so that your business is found when people go looking for you. And everyone goes looking on Google these days, so I won't mention... <laughs> the ones that they don't use anymore, the uh, the books, the yellow books. Ninety five percent of people use uh, Google, don't they? Um, they do. T- t- just taking video a step further. I mean, I think most people are familiar. They got these uh, iPhones or, or or Android phones that will take multitude and good quality videos. And 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 you've mentioned that I can put that up on a on a YouTube channel, but I can put it on my website, into my Facebook, into my email emails, whatever or links it, to it, my email. Yes. Yeah, emails are yeah a little tricky. You do need a software to put them into emails at the moment. They're they're not that easy. You, you can do it. There's also these little things are very popular at the moment, and you can get little software, a free software that will do it. Uh, that makes what's called, uh, they're either pronounced either GIF or GIF, depending on who you listen to, it's yep. uh, G-I-F. And what that is is just a, it's a piece of a video that's turned into an image. So it actually converts, so it's not actually, a, it looks like a video, so it just loops and plays and plays over again, and it really catches the eye of, of people. And again, you know, if you go and, uh, and Google, you know, free GIF maker, G-I-F maker, yep. then, uh, it, you know, it's quite easy to do and very catchy to, to put into emails and, and obviously you know, put onto websites and so on. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So, Paul, uh, any other tips or suggestions for our listeners just in closing? Yeah. Look, I, I just wanted to confirm you're absolutely right. All you need these days, you know, people get overwhelmed thinking they need a lot of expensive equipment. What you need is a smartphone. What I also recommend is an external microphone because, uh, you know, the microphone in your smartphone is, is not meant to be, you know, for video capture or good quality sound. And, and something to know that with video, people are more forgiving of not such good video, but they they won't forgive poor sound. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's a contradiction there. So, yeah, as a business owner, uh, grab your smartphone, uh, get there, and if you can, get an external uh, microphone and either get a little selfie stick or a tripod just to steady it so you don't have shaky cam. And just record a little video something of interest, something of value about your business, and then put it on Facebook. Do, and do a Facebook Facebook Live. It's so powerful these days. Mm. And again, gives your uh, rankings for your website. So, so yeah. And and the last thing I want to get there is just pick one thing to implement and change. You know, you could be overwhelmed with going, oh, I've got to do this and do this and social media and da 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 Pick one thing and do that. Then after you've done it, pick another one. As they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, it takes time to do these things. So please, listeners... Pick one thing. Just get there with your your smartphone. You know, even try a little practice recording. You can delete it. No one in the world has to see it. But the other thing is to do is to go and do, as I said, a uh, Facebook Live, uh, which is pretty scary. But it's you know, it's just going to go on your Facebook, and people there hopefully still you know love you and care about you. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Paul. And we'll catch you another time. No, all right. All the best to you, and all the best to the listeners and businesses out there. Good luck. Thank you. Time to pop over to Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you this week? I'm good. I believe you're over our way at the moment. I am. <laughs> I am indeed. So we're going to talk about the the process of the process of prototyping. Yeah, I thought I thought because we were kind of talking um, general terms about ideas to execution, so I thought we might actually. Um, take a snippet of that process today and discuss what, what the process within the process is. So most people are, are reasonably familiar with how you might prototype a product. You know, we, we come up with the idea, we imagine how it might look when it comes together. Um, if you're Jennifer Holland from Throat Scope, what you do is you go to a, a $2 shop and pick up a few bits and pieces and stick them together and see what it looks like. Um, and then what you might do um, is that you might go to a 3D printer or you might go to a laser cutter or you might go to a machine shop or a sample manufacturer, whatever it is, refine the design, test it, refine it again, test it. So physical products, um, especially if they're small, it's a bit more complicated if they're large products, but, but rather easy to prototype. Mm. Services aren't quite so easy to prototype. Yeah. And, and, you know, people go, well, what's the process? How do we, how do we go about that? And, of course, the, the first thing to do is to design it. Most of the services... Um, you, you can actually map them out. You can map the processes out. What does it look like? How, how might it feel? What, do, what are the questions that you want to be answering um, within providing this service? And we need to keep the cost reasonably low. And as we know, when you start prototyping websites or apps, the, the price can get, can get quite, you know, climb yeah. up there. So a really good way to do is to map it, share what that mapping is, um, test it, get some feedback, and then go into the final design. So I thought an interesting example of that process might be um, when I, I was at the Boston Innovation Conference last year and I walked into a coffee shop, I was met at the front door by um, a representative from a bank 
And they said to me, look, we'll buy you a cup of coffee if you come up the back and do some user experience on our website. So I thought, hey, that was a really clever combination. The, the people that this, this bank were after were mum and dad consumers. So there they are in a, in a coffee shop where their target market is buying people a cup of coffee. So, you know, what did it cost them? $5 to buy me a cup of coffee. And I had a, I had mm-hmm. a go at, um, you know, doing some user experience around their website. So what they did was they gave me a card and it had a title on the card that matched something that they had up on the website. And the whole thing they were prototyping was how easy it was to find different elements on the website. Now, the website was quite complicated, and I have to say that I failed. I couldn't find... You um, just want another cup of coffee. <laughs> I did want another cup of coffee. No. But, you know, when I actually costed it out, I thought if they tested with 20 people, right yeah. to the target market a day, for the cost of two wages, because there were two people there, the, the rough board, it wasn't a computer screen, it was a, a you know a picture board, storyboard, oh, okay. Um, within within a, a bank, and it was a real win win. You know, the the coffee shop were getting money from the bank. The bank were getting access to their target audience, and it was a five minute process. So by the time my coffee was made, I'd already completed um, the user experience. I thought it was quite an innovative way of testing out a website. Well, I think it's a great idea, and of course, he, 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 you saying they used a, a board, but you can yeah. these days with a lot of the free software, you can build a website in a couple of hours, and then. Go and buy people cups of coffee and test out and see their response to it. You could, you know, and there's that there's that story about the guys that did the Pulse News app. You know, they stood on a corner at Stanford um, and got people to test it constantly while they were walking up and down the street. And as soon as somebody, you know, pulled a, a grimacing expression, they would say, you know, where's the problem? And they'd take it back to the to the back end guy that was sitting on a milk crate, mind you, um, and he would make some adjustment, and then they'd go out and test it again. So mm. testing products. Is, is easier, testing services is a little bit more difficult, but with creative ways you can test any product, as you know, right. should be testing things and sending them in loops and, you know, constantly iterating and making things better. Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll have a good week and we'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. You have a great week too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with uh, yeah, the process of prototyping and certainly, as she, as she says there, uh, Products are easy to prototype, uh, although uh, sometimes expensive. But these days, with 3D printers, it allows a much much better chance of prototyping services. Well, that's a good idea. Let's go and uh, give everybody free coffee. Time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. The first one, we said earlier, managing your emotions by focusing on your values. Our emotions are signals that can give us data about what is important to us, but only if we pay attention. Next time you feel emotional at work, take a step back and consider what's it telling you. Let's say that you're anxious about giving some difficult feedback to one of your direct reports. Why do you feel anxious? In examining your emotions, you realise that you're worried about being fair because she or he is a good employee. Consider how having or not having the conversation will bring you toward or move you away from being fair. Looking at the situation in this light, you can see that giving him or her the feedback as helping them to succeed is actually more fair to him or her and to your whole team than craving to your anxieties. You've been able to unhook yourself from your immediate emotions in order to make a better choice that is true to the values that underlie them. And... While we're on the subject of feedback, don't let one bad experience stop you from giving feedback. It can be tough 
to get up the nerve to give a colleague or your boss constructive feedback, even if they've requested it. And if the person becomes defensive, it's easy to shut down and tell yourself that offering your thoughts is a bad idea in general. But overgeneralizing from one experience is never a good idea, and your reactive thoughts in that moment, I'm never good at having honest conversations, or no one wants to hear about things they could do better, work against you. Your brain is essentially prioritizing your short-term psychological safety over the long-term benefit of having the discussion that allow you and your colleague to learn. Don't give in to this negative thinking. Instead, focus on the positive experiences you've had giving feedback. You might think, wow, that didn't go well, but my general track record is still very good. So, yeah, feedback can be challenging, but important. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. In a moment, John Slaven will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, a request from a couple of our listeners. We're going to talk about copyright law with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers. We'll have a minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then... Have an exciting and prosperous week and, as Thomas Edison once said, the value of an idea lies in using it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>